Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. The title of our teaching is Soldier, Athlete, Farmer. Second Timothy was authored by the Apostle Paul and was the final letter he wrote before being martyred uh, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. This letter was a personal charge to Timothy in order to impart faith and strength to fulfill his call and purpose in Ephesus. All scripture, all scripture, is given by inspiration of God. So these verses will impart faith and strength today for us in our personal lives, just as it did for Timothy in his day. This morning, let's purpose to allow the spirit of wisdom and revelation to enlighten us concerning the knowledge of the word of God. Amen? And so, as we go to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, I'm going to start out and begin with verse number 7. This is something that we need to realize in regards to our personal uh, faith and our personal relationship with the Lord. This is something that's very important that we need to realize. We need to realize that we cannot just depend on the minister to get the answers always. I want you, and I I believe you, let me me read this and then I'll make this comment. 2 Timothy 2.7 says, Consider what I say and may the Lord give you what? Understanding in all things. So, this is a principle for every believer if they want to develop like they should in their relationship with the Lord. You have to take what is taught and then sit down with the Lord and allow Him to bring you understanding concerning your personal life. Amen? So you have to take the words that are taught, take the things, and specifically Paul is saying, Timothy, look... I know I'm your father in the faith, but you've got to take what's been taught and you have to allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate your world with the words of God. Amen? You have to allow the Holy Spirit to impart or give you understanding or an opening concerning the eyes of your understanding about your life so that you can apply something personally to you. Have you ever heard a prophetic word and you thought that was for them, not for everybody else? You know, I have people come up to me, and I've done this, and when you're learning, when you're growing and developing, I probably still make the mistake, but you, you learn as you go. Some prophetic words are not meant for everybody else. They're just meant for you. And I'll just say it, probably a lot of them. I know, that's, you know, we believe in public prophecy, but a lot of times people are like, you know, the Lord has really been speaking to me about this word, and I think it's for you. And you look at their life, and you go, no, I'm pretty sure. It's for you. (laughs) Right? So we need to allow the Holy Spirit to deal with us first. Now, I find this interesting, because Paul's writing to a pastor. So he's he's saying, Timothy, let this word deal with you, And then as a pastor, you'll be able to deal and help others. Amen? How many have noticed this in your own life? That you're a lot more merciful when you let the Lord deal with you first when you're dealing with somebody else. Have you ever noticed that? I have in my life. It's like, okay, the further you go, you realize, um, you know, I got after that person and then did the same thing six months later. Or 
two and a half minutes later. I mean, <laughs> you know. But when you let the Lord deal with you first, you have that experience of him opening your eyes and giving you understanding. And then when you go to deal or to share that truth with somebody else, you find, hey, there's a whole lot more mercy in me because I'm, I'm releasing to the other person what I've received from the master. So this teaching is coming in and it's coming into Paul or to Timothy and he's saying, look, consider what I'm about to tell you. Take time to listen for yourself. And as you do, don't just take time to develop a doctrine, to beat the doctrine that you don't like. Let the Holy Spirit deal with you first. Let him bring illumination to you first. Let him talk to you about the situation. Because how many know this? We should all be in this place where we realize we miss it in areas. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, uh, the, the, uh, this is actually a, a big verse that's being uh, declared right now. And I agree with it. To believe the prophets and so shall you prosper, right? The scripture also says in 1 Corinthians 13 that we prophesy in part. Which means what? There's a part we don't know. Amen. Now, this is something that I want to express here, and I'm not doing this to come against any of the prophets, okay? So do not think that. But as a pastor, I have to keep this in front of us, okay? It doesn't say in, in Romans, it doesn't say that they that are led by the prophets are the sons of God. It says, they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Now, the Spirit of God, <laughs> I can feel the arguments. <laughs> the Spirit of God will lead through prophets. But you have the Holy Spirit in you. So you don't just receive the word without judging it. Paul said to the Corinthian church, let the prophets prophesy by one, two, and three, right? And let the others sit and what? Assess, judge what is being spoken. Listen, and then take it back to the word. You know, let's just uh, give an example. If a prophetic word comes forth, you take that word, you sit down, you read that word, you look at it, and then in the context of the situation, the context of what's being said, you begin to pray and say, Holy Spirit, I believe this person is a man or woman of God, but I know we can miss it. So, Lord, reveal to me the truth here. And as it comes, you assess what's there. And the Holy Spirit gives you understanding concerning your situation. And sometimes, how many know, that may mean that the prophecy, the Lord may say to you, no, that's not for you or that's not right. Now, that does not mean you start your own YouTube channel and come out against the prophet, because how many know we all can miss it? This is going over huge. <laughs> come on. I hear the gears are turning because people are thinking, well, I got all these prophecies that I... I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying we got to remain, as a pastor, I have to go, okay, what else does the scripture say? Amen? And look at it and then know, okay, so in the case of Paul and, and Timothy and things and, and concerning these things, how many know that, that we have to continually have this heart of openness to the Lord and humility before him? So that we can hear properly and extend love, extend mercy. Amen? So 
One of the main reasons that comes up in me so strong is this. You guys know this. Maybe some of you don't. But I went to Kenneth Hagin Ministries. I went to uh, Rainbow, Rainbow Bible Training Center. It's Rainbow Bible College now. And, um, you know, you, if you YouTube it, you'll, you'll find so much information, you won't even want to bother with it. Um, if you Google it, he's a heretic, he's a false prophet, he's the greatest prophet ever, he's a teacher. I mean, you'll find every sort of thing. None of that stuff matters. What matters is listen to what was given and assess and wait before the Lord on it. Amen? So, and people, how many know that your family and my family and ministries and all of them, somebody has given somebody a bad name at one point? All right? So we got to get out of that stuff and be mature and assess things and believe God and go back to the Word and back to the Spirit. So I went to Ramah, and I watched Brother Hagin at 86 years old walk down a line of probably 150 people that came forward for prayer. It's probably more than that. We're sitting in a, in a church, and there's probably about seven, six to 7,000 people in the church for his meeting. And I watched him go down the line. He's ministering to people, but every once in a while, he'd stop and give a prophetic word and he, or a tongue and interpretation, and he'd minister to them. And with everyone, everyone, here's a guy who has been in the ministry for 60-plus years, and he's 86 years old. He's been standing in the office of a prophet and a teacher for years. Years known all over the world. And he stops, gives the word to the person. And he says, now I'm a man. I could miss it. You judge it for yourself. And then he goes on. I don't see a lot of that today. And that bothers me. Not bothers me like I'm mad, but like, hey, maybe we should... Maybe we should just pay attention a little bit here. Yes, God is emphasizing this particular office and these things. The apostle and the prophet are very emphasized right now. I don't know if you've noticed that. But do you know if you go back a few years, it was the teacher. If you go back a few years before that, it was the evangelist. So what is God doing? He's not saying this is the end of all things. This is the only offices. He's emphasizing offices so we don't lose the importance of the offices that he's placed in the body for the maturing and the developing of the body of Christ. Not to say we've reached the pinnacle. Jesus is the pinnacle. And I will tell you what the pinnacle is. When we all walk in love like we should with one another and with the world, we'll have reached what the Bible calls technically perfection or maturity. When we walk in love. And so when we hear and see these things, I, you can't just, you have to just take time to hear from the scriptures and hear from the Lord. Amen? And don't just swallow it because you heard it. Now, how many have heard a prophetic word and you're like, that resonates with me? And you know on the inside of you, yes, this is right. Or how many have heard something you're like, <laughs> you know, no whammies, no whammies, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I dated some people right there. Some of the other people are going, what is that? It's an old game show. Okay, so. So in other words, we need to assess what's in front of us and take time and hear what's being said and then take time with the Lord. I am not speaking, and I'm just going to call names right now just so you know. I am not speaking against Hank Kuhneman, Mario Murillo, Lance Wallnow, Kenneth Copeland. I'm not speaking against any of them. Okay? That's not my point here. My point is we need to go ahead and take what's being said 
take time with the Lord and go, okay, Lord, what are you showing me here? I want to consider these things so you can give me understanding. And then I can pray properly, I can believe properly, and I can walk forward. And how many know this, that the Lord will not lead you into confusion and disappointment? Amen? <laughs> We're standing on a stable rock. Jesus. He is the king. Amen? So consider this verse in the Amplified. Think over these things I am saying. Understand them and grasp their application. For the Lord will grant you full insight and understanding in everything. I love that. Full insight and understanding. For who? For me. For you in your life. Amen? Full insight and understanding. I've had this happen. Uh, people have said to me, the Lord spoke the scripture to me concerning about a, a particular situation in their life. And then I thought to myself, that verse in context doesn't even fit within what you're saying. And I start going down the list in my natural, theologically trained, you know, that's an interesting, you know, like I'm going to grasp God with my mind. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm studying God. Like he's under a microscope, you know, I got you. You know, <laughs> okay, so anyway, I, I go through that, but it, that doesn't matter. It's a word for them. So that means in the midst of their reading and teaching or whatever it is that they were listening to, Holy Spirit went boom, this for you. And all of a sudden, there was a hitting in the spirit and an enlightenment to the eyes. And, and the Lord said, This is for you. And you take it and grab it. And you live in that truth. That is how you know. That faith has been imparted and light has been given. Amen? And so another translation of this, uh, the New Living Translation says, Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. So will the Lord help us understand what we need to? The, the, the Bible in basic English says this, Give thought to what I say, for the Lord will give you wisdom in all things. Now, that's all things concerning you. How many know it's good not to know everything about everybody? How many are grateful that everybody else doesn't know everything about you? I'm very grateful you don't know everything about me. Amen? I don't want you to know my mistakes. Amen? I don't. Okay, the Living Bible says this, think over these three illustrations, and this is where we get the uh, soldier, athlete, and farmer, and may the Lord help you to understand how they apply to you. May the Lord help you to understand how they apply to who? To me, to you, right? So you're going to hear things, and I love what he goes into first in verse uh, 1, I know we were in verse 7, but... What he goes into right off is a great verse. 2 Timothy 2.1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I love this. Be strong. The word strong means to empower. It means to make strong. Now listen, it means to enable and endue with strength. So in other words, Paul's not saying, now Timothy, grit your teeth. He's saying, Timothy, receive the strength that has been supplied by the grace that was provided in Christ Jesus. So say this with me. Say, I do not 
have to come up with the strength for what I'm about to do. <laughs> you don't have to. If you're following the Lord, there is a, there is a strength that is provided by his grace for where you're at. Now watch, this covers, this grace covers every area of your life. Every area of your life. Now this is wonderful. There is salvation eternal and salvation now. So not only do you have a supply of the Spirit that enables you, it's almost like a key, it's Christ, but it's the key to the gates of heaven. You can walk right into heaven when you leave this life. Not only that, but all, uh, heaven deposited who Christ is, the resurrection, within you now. So that his life as an example can be one to you. Because he empowered you to live the way he lived. Amen? He empowered you to live the way he lived. So we see we're empowered, we're endued from the strength or in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So grace is, of course, divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. We are receiving from Christ Jesus himself by the avenue of the Holy Spirit. The life in the, life in the New Testament commentary says this, Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is telling Timothy that through the enablement of the Spirit, he does have the ability to succeed just as he is seen demonstrated in the life of Paul. To be strong in the Greek carries the idea of continually being strengthened by God. His mercies are new. Oh, not every other morning? Not once a week. Every single morning you have. So even tomorrow morning, Monday. Oh, my Lord. It's Monday. It starts all over. <laughs> no, Monday comes and you go, Lord, double shot. Double shot. Double shot that, that grace <laughs> strength today, Lord. In other words, there's enough strength continually in God. We, if we are running out, if we feel weak, it's because we're not tapping. Something's off. Our faith is not plugged into the wall to the source like it should be. Amen? Flip the switch and go, I got strength today. Lord, thank you for that strength. It's continual. Amen? So, um, let's see. Strength, and I was impressed in this when I was writing this. Strength is not only, his strength is not only more than enough, but it is supplied and should be received and acted on daily, not just when we feel weak or when tri we're going through trials that are intense. So, you know, sometimes in the natural we do this, well, I got this, Lord, I don't feel any, you know, I don't feel any. No, no, no. Every single day we need strength from him. Amen. It goes back to Proverbs 3, 5, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not under your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Amen? So let's take a look at a few examples as we wrap up this morning in the Old and New Testament. Judges chapter 16, verse 2. It are, these are uh, 
uh, I wanted to encourage you and strengthen you in seeing where God's strength has been active and see if there's any situation you're facing that could be too impossible for God. How many know the scripture says he holds the world together by the power of his word, right? He holds the universe together by the power of his word. He has strength. So let's look at some strength. This is Samson right here. How many of you know the Samson anointing did not end? It did not. Now, it may manifest a little bit different today, but it did not end. How many know this? And this will help you. When you read through the Old Testament men of faith or women of faith and the feats that they did, think of Jesus. Because he's the one that gives the anointing, amen? He's, so in Christ was the fulfillment of all things, which means if you need to, you may be able to pull the city gates off. In other words, how difficult is your problem if God has enough power for one man to rip the city gates off? <laughs> Not a power issue. It's a I need to receive issue. So what situation are you in that he does not have the ability to get you through and over and victorious onto the other side? There isn't one, right? Judges chapter 16, verse 2. When the, when the Gazites, I don't know who the Gazites were, were told Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night saying, in the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. I don't know about you, but if you read about Samson, I would have stayed away from him. All right. And Samson lay low till midnight. Then he arose at midnight. He took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the two gate posts, pulled them up, bar and all, put them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. You know, that's making a statement. You know, you kind of want to, you want some? You know, it's like, in other words, let's apply that to our life today. What anointing have you received strength-wise from the resurrection? And the devil's going, you can't leave these gates. Just go ahead and pull them up. Gate posts. The bar, all of it, by the strength that is provided in grace through Christ Jesus. Amen? You have strength. What is it that the enemy's trying to do where you go, no, we're going to use the anointing here, the strength of Christ, and be strong and overcome. Let's look at another one. 1 Samuel 17, 34 says this, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it. How many are seeking out the devil to beat him? <laughs> it's a challenge, isn't it, right? In other words, you have the anointing to remove yokes and destroy burdens within the boundaries of the covenant given to you in the scriptures. Amen? You have that right. You have the boldness. So David in boldness, he said, uh, he said, I'd go out after it and struck it and delivered the land from its mouth. Watch this. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard. I always read this and think, where are the real hunters of today? 
You know, we take pictures in front of stuffed animals at Shields. David's like, bring it. <laughs> That's what that beard was for, right? <laughs> he killed that lion. He grabbed it by the beard. How do you do that? The anointing. Now, who walks about as a roaring lion? Now, you don't warn him, devil. You get too close. I'll grab your beard. Verse 36, your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. In other words, where was David's focus? On the strength he gets from who? God. Where's our focus? On God. Amen? Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine as well. See, faith can come across arrogant. It's not. Do you know what, what did David's brother say to him when he showed up? What are you doing here? You're just be, you're showing off. Go back to the sheep. David had none of that in his heart, but they had it in theirs, and that's why it's coming out of their mouth. God, what does David have? He has confidence in the Lord. All right, Scripture, Daniel chapter 3, verse 15. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. How many know those guys? You know him as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall, not be, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning furnace. And who is the God? who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king and said, We're glad that you asked this question. But we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression of his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And and he spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he he commanded certain mighty men, men of valor who were in his army to bind these men... And these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Now, it wasn't enough. He added fuel for the fire. So at what point do you lose faith? Well, not only are we going to burn, well, at least we don't got too many clothes on. Give me more clothes. What is he doing? He did, how, many, how many of your kids have ever got into a closet and put on as many of the clothes as they could find on? That's what King Nebuchadnezzar did. He's like, bring all the clothes. Let's just wrap them up and put something on their head too. I want to see their head burn. You're like, no, people would never do that. <laughs> yeah, they would. They got the devil in them. Amen. They have the nature of the enemy. And so he heats up the fiery furnace. He puts more clothes on them. And it says this, uh, therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, that wasn't, didn't work out so well. 
And these three men fell down, uh, fell bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to the counselor, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True king, look. He answered, I see four men loose. Walking in the midst of the fire. And they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, I bet his, I bet his attitude changed. I bet his tone changed. How many know when you walk in the strength of grace, it can take a situation that is deadly and turn it into a miracle? When you walk in the strength of the Lord which is available to you and you put your faith out there and you put your trust out there on the grace and strength of God, you'll walk through fire and it won't touch you. What was meant to destroy you, you'll be in the middle of loosed. Loosed. Now, some of you are tripping a little bit mentally, but you need to get out of your head into your heart because your heart's going, yes, this is right. And that's what happens. Amen? And I'm going to teach on this another time, but I don't have time this morning. But um, I don't even believe to, to the fullest extent we understand what took place here. But we'll get to it sometime. So he says this, Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace. He probably stayed far enough away so that he didn't die like his soldiers. <laughs> he did. Saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were the garments affected. In other words, they didn't even lose their clothing. And the smell of fire was not on them. <laughs> Ah, we're loosed. Man, people go, you're going through such a hard time. No, no, no. I'm loosed. I will come out unsinged. My clothes will remain. And I won't even smell like smoke. How about another one? Acts chapter 7, verse 51. Look at that. This is some of these things I think are even more spectacular. Acts chapter 7, verse 51 says, uh, this is where Stephen decided to uh, uh, go to the next level in his preaching. With the religious leaders of his day, he said, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the, pro which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed their teeth and apologized and repented. Because this was a church that really loved people really well, so everybody gave their heart to Jesus. Hmm, I just don't see it in there. We've got to be careful about that. Amen? Is this love what Stephen's doing? Yes, it is. 
When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. I'd like to see that. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Which, by the way, was probably an invitation to the people that are about to kill him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Now watch this. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. What do you mean? Strength found by the grace of God to forgive those who are aiming at your head. They're not like, you know, these are not pebbles. These guys were professional stoners. And that had a different meaning then than it does now. This was was not the group trying to pass a law so that everybody could have weed. Amen? (laughs) The Lord is hilarious. This stuff... All right, so Acts chapter 9, verse 36, uh, this is the story of Dorcas. How many are glad your parents didn't name you Dorcas? All right, at Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, that's Dorcas, which is translated Dorcas. When I was a kid, we called people dorks because, you know, anyway, okay, so... <laughs> This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they, went, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come... They brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed, and turning to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called all the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed on the Lord, so that he stayed there many days in Joppa with Simon, a tanner. So in other words, God has enough power to raise the dead. What kind of strength do you need? Because he has it. Amen. One more. Acts chapter 14, verse 8. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. How long was this guy crippled? From his mother's womb. Okay? So that's just a few days. And it says this, this man what? Heard Paul speaking, right? What did he hear Paul saying? you got to think about this. Faith comes by. What if Paul was saying, you know, you never know. Sometimes God heals, sometimes he doesn't. Never know what God's going to do. Just don't know anything about his character. Does that engender, does that build faith in a person for healing? No, it builds what? I'm going to throw this out here and see if it happens. 
And if it did, it was God's will. And if it doesn't, it isn't. Now watch what he does here. Watch what he does. And it says this. I'm going I'm to go back all the way to verse 8 again. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. So what did he hear? He heard a healing word because faith comes by Paul said in a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he what? Leaped and walked. A man who who was crippled from the womb jumped up and walked. Glory to God. I said glory to God. My God, he didn't even lay hands on him. He's preaching about healing. The man's standing there, and in the spirit, Paul perceives that he has faith. He says, stand upright on your feet and walk. And the man went, whoo, and jumped and walked. He leaped. Can you imagine the power of God hitting somebody and doing that? Some people in church, that would have to be the power of God, because they just won't move at all. I thought we were a church that was believing for signs and wonders. I, I thought, you know, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, His Word will transform the way you see this world. You won't sit back And go, I wonder if God can, or maybe He can't, or I don't know, or what does it look... You'll go back to the Word, and back to the Word, and back to the Word, and... Come on. And you'll study, you'll have it, but then you'll allow that Word and that strength to operate in you. You'll step out in faith where others have stepped and lived in fear. They've been afraid of it. They've walked away from it, but you'll see, and you'll submit, you'll be humble. You'll teach the healing Word to your neighbor. Come on, the healing word, not just the salvation word, of course the salvation word as far as eternity is concerned, but you'll teach the healing word as far as salvation is concerned here and now. And you won't be concerned about whether people agree with you, whether they like you or not. You'll be focused on what the Lord has said to you. The insecurities will pass away and you'll do what He told you to do. Because you'll be strong in the... Yeah... In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What is the answer to timidity? The boldness of the Holy Spirit. The love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And these realities are for us today. Amen? So what is God doing? He's raising us up. Why don't you stand? He's raising us up. He's he's putting these things before us. Why? Whenever the word of God is taught, the Holy Spirit hovers over the top to see who's going, yes, Lord, you are Lord. You are right. He's looking for faith. He's looking for acceptance. Amen? So let's do this right now. Let's uh, just lift our hands to the Lord.
And I'll pray, Father, we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for your word to us, Lord. Father, each of us individually, we receive strength through the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Lord, we ask you and we are believing just as you spoke to Timothy by the Apostle Paul in his day, that word is to us that you are going to give each and every one individuals understanding concerning the things that were taught today, concerning the things that they've been taught in the past. Lord, those areas of truth that have been a little elusive, we thank you, Father, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation is bringing us understanding individually. And we purpose in our hearts that we will be doers of your word and not hearers only in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, we expect signs, wonders, miracles in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to do this, if the altar workers will come. If you don't know the Lord, if you've never been born again, you should realize this. You cannot come to church and go to heaven. It helps, but you have to receive Jesus. Being a member of a church does not save you. It doesn't. Being a part of a church does not save you. You have to be born again. So if you've never been born again or you need to rededicate your life, the altar workers are here afterwards. Please come. If you need prayer for anything, please come. We bless you guys, and we'll see you Wednesday. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.